for the last time now with our hands raised to the Lord this morning. Sing Jesus Christ, how many whose hearts are bubbling with joy this morning, amen, we appreciate the Lord for everything, for such a highly charged song service, I was just wondering there that we were almost on the verge of taking off our mask, because <laughs> they make us to sing at 40 or 60% capacity. But we appreciate the Lord. Now we've got a, a lot of our people are traveling. Sister Tenai traveled very well to Zimbabwe. She had to go to Zim. Sister uh, Simpiwe as well has gone to Zim. Uh, Brother Moyo has gone to Zim. Uh, Brother Lucky is in KZN. Brother Mandla is in Cape Town. There's just quite a lot of movement. Amen. Just remember them in your prayers. I was supposed to be in Zambia last week, but I said, let me be home. I will go next year. Amen. They say caution. Prevention is better than? Yeah. Amen. So, Brother Mutabi is the one that normally advises whether uh, you've you've got to find balance between between faith and science, amen. Are you still with me? Uh, I wish I could meet up with uh, uh, Chief Justice Mohoi Mohoing to teach him what is the mark of the beast. He, his, his heart is on the right place, but without a revelation. I'll try to get an email and say, uh, let's come and sit down, amen. It's possible, don't be... A, Amen. I was with Cyril last year, so Chief Justice is nothing. Amen. <laughs> As these others are looking at me, say, is he taking a chance? <laughs> Amen. But we appreciated the Lord. Uh, last time when I was in Cape Town, Brother Watu was preaching here, and then the technical team had a glitch, so his message was not recorded. So I said, 
It's a blessing in disguise. You preached when I was not around. It was off record. Now I'm around. Let it be on record. Amen. So we'll give him a chance to minister to us. For some reason, uh, I picked up that the message that he preached last time on obedience, it resonated uh, well with our young people. Somewhat I had more from them about obedience and about the message that was preached on that day. So then it confirms to me that every minister has their anger. Are you with me? In this, in this church, ministry is a teamwork. It's not just the pastor building the foundation, putting the tile, plastering, putting a roof. Uh, the building will be shaky. Um, and the ministry must continue even if the pastor is not there. Sometimes when I sit down and listen, it gives me comfort when I travel to know that I have left able men to minister to the church. Amen. A leader must breed leaders. A preacher must breed preachers. Amen. There is this grape that is seedless. They say it can't reproduce itself. So don't be that grape. Amen. As we say a song, the way it is so good, I don't even know which song I must choose. Least I choose the one. But let's just say I love him. I love him because that one cannot be off. Amen. As our brother comes to the fore, amen. How many love him in the building? I love him. Do you love him this morning?
and did all eat the same spiritual meat and did all drink the same spiritual drink for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them and that rock was Christ Amen. but what what many of them God was not well pleased for they were overthrown in the wilderness now these things were our examples to the intent we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted neither be ye idolaters as were some of them as it is written the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play neither let us commit fornication as some of them committed and fell in one day 3 and 20000 neither let us tempt christ as some of them also tempted and were destroyed of serpents neither murmur ye as some of them also murmured and were destroyed of the destroyer now all these things happened unto them for examples and they are written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come amen as we pray dear heavenly father lord god my god we approach your throne of mercy and grace this morning oh god father god as humble as we can oh god heavenly father as we come to you this morning oh lord father god we know there's only one thing certain this morning and that is your word oh god heavenly father god and we ask oh god father as we sit at your table now oh god father may you break the bread of life oh god father god may you father god let us drink of that fountain of life oh god heavenly father god here i come oh god your servant my god i pray oh god father father i surrender all oh god father god come and take control oh god father god i surrender my lips to your service oh god father god it's not my thoughts oh god but may it be you oh god that comes through oh god father god we thank you now in jesus name amen amen first and foremost i would just like to acknowledge our dear precious pastor um it's always a privilege to be able to stand and share the bread of life with the saints um even though it's not the most easiest task uh but i thank you pastor i think um as pastor mentioned i was supposed to minister last week but uh when pastor made the offer uh to choose i bravely chose to extend my preparation time with another week and um i think unfortunately um the past month it was raining quite heavily in lydenburg and i got a young man to help me in the garden and this guy uh bought the grant for 
this extension because um, he started, or actually I started before he got there yesterday morning, and I just kept on working and kept on going. And he kept on saying, uh, sir, you work very hard. And then after an hour he comes again, sir, you keep yourself very busy. And in my heart, I'm busy ministering to myself. <laughs> I don't tell him that I'm busy. I'm, I'm actually uh, on another level here. <laughs> and normally, or what I could understand how this young man works, he do uh, odd job here and then move on. And while he was busy there, he got a few phone calls. Um, no, I'll phone you when I'm done and I'll see you later this afternoon. I think by the time he was done, he asked me for a lift home because uh, he had no more energy left to go on for the day. <laughs> but nevertheless, um, I can almost say, uh, Brother Kune and Brother Freddy summed up my sermon. Uh, I think if it wasn't for the fact uh, that this, the traffic cops are busy setting up, uh, I would have adjourned already. <laughs> but, yeah, um, let's continue. Yeah. So, Paul writes to the Corinthians and he reminds them of the Israelites that left Egypt and it's, he reminds them of what they did wrong and where they went wrong. And so I went back and I looked at the story because I was captivated um, by Caleb when Caleb said to Joshua, give me this mountain. I mean, he went to Joshua and he claimed this mountain. What gave him the courage at 80 years old or 85 years old to say, I still have strength to fight whatever battle. I'm still willing and able to take the land that God has provided for me. And I went back and I looked and this thought came up, taking God at his word. So my sermon title this morning, Taking God at His Word. So the story of the Israelites leaving Egypt, going into the promised land, is a story of redemption. A lamb had to be slain. Blood had to flow for them to, able, to be able to leave. And that reminds us of where we are currently. If Jesus never died on the cross, where would we have been this morning? What would have been of us this morning? So, the Israelites took Moses at his word. They believed Moses was sent from God. And 
Moses came to them with a promise that was made to Abraham. This promise was made before Abraham even had children, but God promised that your children will live in a certain portion that I have allocated for you. And this promised land had certain conditions to it, and the Israelites had to go through certain obstacles to get to it. And as soon as the Israelites left Egypt, God was trying to teach them that He is in control. He was trying to teach them to listen to His voice. God was trying to teach them to take Him at His word. And in order to take on a journey like this, you need to know what's the purpose of the journey. Where is your destination? And I think back as a young child, I got excited when my grandfather used to say, we're visiting uh, my uncles in Wheatbank. We would pack and be ready because 4 o'clock tomorrow morning, we're in the car. And we would drive a journey that takes us, what, two and a half hours? We drive close to five hours because this old man believed 80 is the speed limit. And I used to be so excited you could hardly sleep at night. And on this journey I would be sitting in the front seat and what's this, look at that. And the scenery was just something else. But there was a highlight on this journey. The old man would pass the Ultra City. The Ultra City is what, 10 minutes from Wheatbank? And literally just past the exit, and he'll pull over, there was big trees. And he would open the boot. There was a cake tin with the roast chicken, pup, and boiled eggs. And this was the highlight. But it was not the destination. Even though Wheatbank was 10 minutes from that specific spot, it was not our destination. So this morning, the question comes up. Where is our destination? What are we doing in life? And I want to go to Fate is our victory. 1958, uh, the 4th of October, paragraph 27. Mm. Brother Brenham says, it is a reminder, it reminds me of one time that I don't like to say this word, 
but he was just a bum that came to the door and he said, could you give me a sandwich? I said, certainly, would you step in? And instead of making a sandwich, I thought I'd fix him something to eat and fixed him up just about Uti I could around the place and sit him down to eat. And while he was eating, I thought I would speak to him, seeing that he was a traveler. And I said, where did you come from? He shrugged his shoulders a little and said, nowhere. I said, then where are you going? And he stopped eating and looked at me and said, nowhere. He looked around and swallowed a big bite. And he said, sir, just where I lay my hats resting, there is where I rest. I said, I see. I said, how long have you been doing this? He said, oh, some 20 years or more, with no ambition to better his life. Now that's just about the attitude of the people. Just what I call drifters, floaters. And the people who join the church is just about the same. I often thought of floating driftwood. A driftwood is just hung up in any kind of trash. That's just about the way that floaters does in the church or anywhere. This morning, as we sit here, where do you find yourself? That's the question that I want to leave with you. Because here, Brother Branham relates the story of a hobo, a homeless person, no ambition, just content in the situation that he finds himself in. No interest in expanding his horizon. No interest in growing higher. This poor guy was just content in his situation. So this morning, how content are we? Are we satisfied? Pastor preached a few Sundays back. He gave us homework. He said, if the Holy Spirit left the church, would we even know it? Would we be so content? Would we be so content with it not being in, around or present in our lives that we would not even realize it? So, I want to encourage you this morning. Let's have a look at Daniel. This young man had a purpose in his heart. Daniel's purpose that he will not defile his purpose. He knew that he is consecrated to God. And regardless of what may come his way, he stared death in the face. And yet, he didn't waver. He still didn't compromise. And 
because he took God at his word. God stood by him. As Christians, we need to be the same. Where do we find ourselves? Are we easy to compromise? Ah, it's not too bad. We can get over this. It's just once. No one will know. Guess what? The devil knows. That's right. Guess what? He's taking note. Even though we believe that God will forgive us, the devil will remind us. He will keep it against you. Just that one time. Just that one time. And it's amazing how and when he reminds you. Just when you think, I'm expanding my horizon. Just when you feel God is moving in your life, the devil knocks. We've got unfinished business. Sorry, I'm just a bit emotional. I prepared last week, the whole week, and this week. Last night went to bed at 11. Two o'clock I was up. And four o'clock the whole message changed. And I was touched by Brother Kune's song. And Brother Freddy just rounded it off for me. So, as Christians, we type the Israelites. We are right at the border of the promised land. We are right there. But what are we? Where are we mentally? Spiritually, are we in the right place? So this morning... I'm going to leave you with more questions than answers. I'm going to leave you with more homework. I remember as a child, you liked the teacher that gave you the least homework. Yeah. <laughs> and today I want to leave you with the most homework. As we are right at the edge of going through to the promised land, We've got victories to be won. We've got promises to claim. But are we ready? Is God satisfied with our, if I say our, I mean individual standing? Are we standing where God purposed us this morning? So, I just want to go back and just see what went wrong there in the wilderness. Why did everything just start falling apart? The Israelites chose law over grace. They thought a law would be more valuable than grace. 
if they really believed God. It's fine if you come to church. It's fine if you in the worship team. It's all good. But are you really in the right position this morning? Or are you have you been doing this for the last 40 years in vain? Around and around this mountain. And there's one thing about getting lost. You get lost and you realize, but I'm losing myself here. And the more you realize you are lost, the more bewildered you get. Later on you become insane. Literally. Because you're going in circles and in circles and expecting a different outcome. And here the Israelites did it. They went past the same rock. They saw the same features. But they expected a different outcome. I mean, really, could you not just stand still? Someone just stand still and say, whoa. Something is wrong. That is what we need to do this morning. Self-introspection. Have I been coming to church? Have I been sitting in the same seat for 40 years? What value is it? Am I in the right place? Am I doing God's will this morning? The Israelites started fighting, fussing, murmuring. Isn't that science? Who? The pastor must have told brother so and so because he mentioned it over the pulpit. Oh, did you see that brother? Did you see that sister? Isn't that the same signs that we saw in the wilderness? Isn't that expression of doubt doubting God's word and God all that he requires brother Branham puts it so easy he says ABC always believe Christ that is what we should do that is how it should be this morning We want complicated formulas. We want to see X, Y, Z. But we fail on the ABC. Simple, simple ABC. And at this point, when they expressed doubt, the Israelites started testing God. They tested God to a point where he gave up on them. He said, this generation shall not see the promised land. And to take it a step further, they sent, Moses sent ten spies into the promised land. Not ten, sorry, twelve. Ten 
comes back with a bad report. Two gets back, Caleb, Joshua, with a good report. They even bring evidence. See the grapes in this land. Taste the grapes in this land. Isn't that what the prophet brought our way? Didn't Brother Branham bring that to us? To say, this is the good report. Spend time on this. Taste it. Because this is what's laying ahead for you. I mean, Caleb and Joshua saw the same giants. They saw the same walls. But they, they came back with a different report. I mean, this, these guys were master builders. Years and years of experience of building. I mean, they must have looked at those walls and they knew exactly, exactly how tough that walls were. But they never saw that. Instead, they came back. They came back with one thing in mind. The promise that God made to Abraham. Way back, they were not even born. Abraham didn't even have children when God made that promise. But they believed it. They took God at His word. And they had faith in God. And that was the greatest and is still the greatest honor you can give God. If you take Him at His word and you believe His word, that's, there's no greater honor. So, I mean, I don't know if, if I can say it, but my name is Thomas and I was very adventurous as a young boy. So much so that before I got to hiding, uh, I was always told, Thomas, Colin, Wubon. And then I got a beating because I knew no limits. <laughs> but I mean, this is exactly what we see. We see miracles. Brother Branham came with the grapes. He said, taste, eat. The Israelites had the cloud. They had the pillow of fire. They had a prophet walking in front of them. We, we've got the cloud, yes. we've got the pillar of fire, we've got healing, yes. we see it happen, miracles happening. And yet, we still miss the mark. We still want to go another round around the mountain. I mean, don't get me wrong, these guys were blessed. Yeah. In the wilderness, they were blessed. Mm. They got married, they had children, they, I mean, the soles mm. or the shoes did not even wither. Mm. The clothes, mm. they had manna from heaven. Mm. They drank from the rock. Mm. They saw the miracles mm. firsthand. They didn't hear about it. 
They experienced it. But yet, they did not have faith to take them through. Why? Because the ten, ten spies that got back did not have faith enough to see the positive. And this morning, challenge yourself. What does your faith see if it sees a situation? If you've got faith, act on it. Father Branham says, if you've got faith, you must act upon it. Caleb and Joshua sure did. Faith does not care about your feelings. You act and God does the rest. Noah, I mean, in a year of drought, go and build a boat. Okay, I think he must have also looked around and asked. Okay, Lord, I hear you. Lord, I believe you. I take you at your word. And he started building. He accepted the challenge. He believed it in God. And he acted on it. And that was, I think, the, the turning point. Because he acted on his faith. I would like to go back to uh, Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today and forever. Uh, 1954, 13th of August, paragraph, paragraph 7. The same principle coming, get to the altar. You could come up here at the altar, cry all night long, beat on the altar, scream, holler, get up in the morning, cry all day long, beat on the altar, scream and holler until you got grey-headed for years in and out. And you'll never, never accept, have salvation till you accept what Jesus did for you. And then confess it. Is that right? You've got to confess it. I come to church. I believe in the pillar of, of fire. The prophet said so. I believe it. So you've got the first part right. When do you confess it? To who do you confess it? Do you act upon it? Going on, Brother Brenham says, now you don't, you now, you don't, you don't. See, it ain't, wait, you've confessed it first and act upon it and then the feelings comes afterwards. Right? That's the way with healing. You accept it. Jesus, you said it so. I believe you. I've got it. 
it's my personal property. I signed this check, sent it in to you. You told me whatever I ask in prayer to believe I receive. I believe that you said and told the truth and that's for me. Somebody say, how are you feeling? Wonderful. Then the devil and I think uh, I was reminded once that you come to the pulpit you share and whatever you minister on the devil is listening and he comes and he knocks you with the very same scripture that you read the very same testimony that you testified he brings it to you and he reminds you about it Brother Brennan says in paragraph 8 well I remember when Mayo brothers turned me down with stomach trouble said I could never be well that my stomach was a raw, bloody ulcer and there's nothing could be done. I accepted Jesus Christ as my healer. I went home. Mother said, I said, I asked the blessing at the table and the doctor said, if he eats one mouthful of solid food, he'll have acute indigestion, die in five minutes. He said, He said, I am the Lord that healeth thee. I had to believe either the doctor or what God said. They had doctored me for two years and done nothing for me. This is the prophet. And we had, we had cornbread and beans and onions. I don't know whether you ever had any of that or not, but it's good. And when I asked the blessing, I said, Lord, I believe you and I have accepted my healing. I, Mama, had my prune juice poured out there and barley water mixed together, you know, and my two little salty crackers and that's all I, I get. Notice how there's always someone to help you. Always someone to minister to you. Shouldn't, be, shouldn't you do this? Is it right? Isn't it too dangerous? Isn't this? Isn't that? What do you believe? Where's your faith this morning? I said, pass me some beans. And she said, oh, honey, you can't eat that. I said, the Lord said I could. On, oh, the doctor said, reminding him. But the doctor said, I said, but I believe the Lord's word. Here the prophet takes God at his word. Let's see what happens. 
So they give me a plate full of beans. And I took a great. I hadn't eat for two years of nothing like that. I got a big mouthful of beans and a piece of onion, a chuck of cornbread. I started chewing away. It tasted good. When I swallowed it, it hit that raw patch. It came right back up. I held my hand over my mouth. I said, oh no, mm, mm, no, sir, you don't come out of here. No, sir. And I held my hand over my mouth till I got another mouthful, chewed and swallowed. I put it right on top of it and I packed it so full it couldn't come up. That's right. I just held it there, going on. I started out the room and I went out and the hot water running out of my mouth. Mother said, how are you feeling? I said, wonderful. Now, if it was hope speaking in that instance, would have said, I'm feeling good, but I cannot bear the pain. It was hope speaking. The next action wouldn't have taken place. I went down the street and I was going down the street singing. I can, I will, I do believe. I can, I will, I do believe. Some of them say, how are you feeling Reverend Branham? I said, wonderful acting upon his, his faith. That Jesus heals me now. Are you feeling better, Reverend Branham? Wonderful. Feel good. Jesus healed me. Ten weeks after week after week passed. Just the same. That night, every bit of it was laying right there. I went to the table. You know how poor people are. I said, pass me some more beans and corn. That's right. And I eat it. And I tell you, brother, the mama called the doctor. She said, well, that's... He said, why? It'll kill him as sure as the world. I did. To my unbelief, now I got alive and faith now with Christ Jesus. That's right. Now he said, I weigh 165 pounds. I weighed 118 then. So you see what the Lord will do? Take him at his word. Believe it. Confess it. No matter how you feel. Believe it anyhow. He said so. So, Faith needs action. Faith needs you to act upon it. It might seem crazy right now. It might seem insane. I mean, David took stones to a sword fight. It must have looked 
really, really insane to think this little boy, not even a soldier, a little boy. And David did not have faith in his slingshot. He didn't have confidence in his slingshot. His faith was in God. It's the same with Joshua. Joshua had faith enough to say to the son, stand still. I need you to stand still because this victory belongs to me. He knew the victory was promised. God gave it to him. But he had to act on it. He didn't just go crying to God and say, Lord, I need you now. No. Faith was there. Action came together. Mechanics and dynamics. And the miraculous will happen. But that same faith that Joshua had, when he remembered God made a promise that you shall not lose a soldier in the battle. He saw one soldier fall. Second, third, went on. He knew something was wrong. He said, stand still, pull back. Let's go pray and fast for God to reveal unto us. And that was faith. If it was hope, hope should have said, you have to have casualties in war. But you have to have casualties in war. But God sent me into war. Brother Branham says, with no Red Cross. No paramedics. That is how certain this promise was. But yet, something is wrong. And so Joshua went, pulled back the troops just to find that there was sin in the camp. And by faith, that was rid out. I'd like to read uh, Faith Covered by Hearing, 1954, the 20th of March, paragraph 26. My, how I like to think of faith. Hope, faith and charity. Those three things. And hope, what a beautiful thing hope is. Little timid hope. Lovely and sweet as she is. Yet, she's the greatest enemy faith has. That's the prophet. That's right. The greatest enemy faith's got is hope. Because a person becomes so hopeful till they leave from or leave away from faith. Forty years. Still hopeful. Where are you heading? Nowhere. Round and round in circles. When are you going to realize it's time to take God at His word? The three Hebrew boys knew that God will not fail them. 
They knew that regardless of what's in front of them. I mean, I've worked at ferrometals where we tap a furnace. And I think the brothers that worked at Heifeld Steel will be able to share how hot that molten metal is when it comes out. At ferrometals, we'd average between 1,000 and 1,650 degrees. Now you ask, how hot is that? You stand five meters from it, and it feels like if your skin is shrinking in your face. And these three boys, because of who they were, positionally, they knew that God cannot fail them. They took God at His word. And what did God do? He accepted them. He accepted and He loved what they were doing. Not even a hair was damaged. Right? I mean, here, ferrometals and Eiffeld steel, you stand there too long. Many a times, I would get home, I would have less eyebrows. It gets so hot that you change skin complexion. I got home and my wife was so excited to share a portion of a message that she was listening. She said, you know what? They did not even smell of fire. I mean, God will make you look insane. It will look crazy if you take him at his word. And yet, the Israelites didn't see that. They had blessing upon blessing. They had the pillar of fire. They had the cloud by day. And what did they choose? Law. They chose law over sovereign grace. When Jesus met the Samaritan woman at the well, law dictated that she was not even worthy to talk to him. Law did not even allow her to be seen with other women. If it was for law, where would we have been today? What condition would we be in? It's a scary thought, but it's real. But grace triumphs over law. And because of that grace, Brother Branham says, the deep call it unto the deep. There has to be a response. And when that response matched up 
think where that woman is today, she's still praising God. She's still celebrating sovereign grace. And if we look at Joshua, Joshua types grace. Prophet teaches us. Prophet teaches us that his ministry types grace. So the, what do we do this morning? Do we accept that grace? Or would we rather choose law over that grace this morning? The prodigal son. I mean, I heard this story many a times as a young boy. He was naughty. You must never be like that. But up until I came into the message, I just thought that this young boy was stupid. He was dumb. How could he do that? I mean, one day I heard something. What father takes inheritance? He's still alive. He takes that inheritance. And he says, my son, there you go. Take it. It's yours. Go. And day after day waits for you to return. Day upon day sits and waits for you. I think if there's love that comes close to it, it must be a mother's love. That's right. A mother would regardless of what condition the child might be in, where my child might be, still my child. But this father, when he saw the sun on the horizon, dropped everything, ran to embrace him. And what does he do? He slaughtered the fattest calf that he's got. I mean, the story over and over, Sunday school, sermon. I grew up in an Anglican church. <laughs> Would hear the prodigal son. It was actually, uh, how can I say, diary. You, you had a, uh, like a diary of what scripture, what Sunday. So it was... Prodigal son was on time every year, same time. Yeah. <laughs> but had no meaning. Yeah. Had no meaning. Mm. Until I realized. Until God revealed that that father is him. Mm. Right? That he gave us our inheritance. Mm. Knowing what the outcome would be. But the beauty of the story. 
is the fact that he's waiting for us to return. Waiting, open arms for us to return. So, these Israelites type the church How many times are we still going to go around in circles? Have we made up our mind yet? Mm. It's that time of the year now where we're planning to uh, what's it called? To make, we're still planning to make them. As if 2020 was not revelation on its own. <laughs> we started the year the 2020 vision. Yeah. <laughs> what did we do with that? Eh? What happened? We all had resolutions, even though most of us packed it up the first week in January. I think, uh, Pastor, we need to... You get paid if you have got a page on Google or something. If you've got, or someone's research, you've got research that you publish. I think it's that time of the year to publish diets again. Yeah. Because we Google, we make promises. Yeah. Are we going to wait for the clock to strike 12 to consider taking God at his word? Yeah. How, how long are we still going to wait before we do that? Isn't it something that we need to go in and earnestly visit ourselves as individuals and see where we stand with God? Because it's clear, if you take God at his word, he cannot fail you. If your position is right, he cannot fail you. Father Branham says it's ABC. Mm. Always believe Christ. Mm. This nation clinged on to the taste of garlic. The garlic of Egypt. I mean... What are we clinging on? It sounds simple that they remembered garlic. Maybe I'm just, because I don't like it much, but if we look at ourselves, what's that little thing that pulls us back into the world? When would we increase in faith? Accept God at his word and get rid of of those little things because it's those little things that will pull us back it's that, those little things that will ensure another 40 years doing the same thing knowing how many steps to your seat knowing how long the tile was cracked brothers never fix the tiles this has been here since 
But that is more important than another 40 years is laying ahead doing the same thing over and over and over. No ambition, getting nowhere. And that is very sad this morning. To be stuck in a rut. So saints, I want to leave you with homework. Are you at a point as Caleb? I mean, Caleb types the believers. He's walking with Joshua, who was a prophet, so he believes the prophet's message. And he took God at his word. I mean, to come to Joshua and say, Sir, I want my mountain. 85 years old, I want my mountain. I'm privileged enough. I've got the most uh, scenic view when I go to work. I drive an hour to work, an hour back. And I realized, but a mountain is not just, we see this, we see Table Mountain. What did Caleb see? It must have been a mountain range where I drive I'm on the peak and you look over I think it's Urastat and then you look down into the valley of Steelport and I realized but this was no pipe dream this was no easy task That was laying ahead. This mountain that Caleb wanted had illegal occupants. And to put out a squatter is not easy. Believe me, a squatter's got more rights than you. In South Africa, you have to go to the highest court. In England, it's so strict that if you can't prove that that guy broke the lock to your door or broke in to occupy that property, you can't just go and say, Sir, I've got the title deed. It's time for you to leave. No. But yet, this 85-year-old says, I've got energy for this. I've got, I've got the marrow in my bones to face this giant. And it wasn't that it was same level as them. These were giants that he had to go and put out. I mean, if you come and you knock with the title deed and the eviction notice from the highest court and that door opens and this guy is this big what do you say no sir I'll be back I'm going to get back up but because Caleb experienced the cloud he experienced the same pillow of fire. 
He walked with the same prophets. So he heard the same message. Are we in that position? Are we serious enough to accept that position? So, I also want my mountain. But there's a lot of work that needs to go into it. And mind you, where was this mountain? In the promised land. So you thought it's tough here. You still have battles to fight in the promised land. You thought, I just made it. Take God at his word and see what victory is. Now you might just have scraped by because God still needs you. God still loves you. God still has faith in you. So you're still going on. Slowly, one step at a time. Wait. Hold on. Take him at his word. And see what victory is. Take him at his word. And see what promises is still ahead. So, I want to challenge you to this morning. Go, spend time. Look yourself in the mirror. Because the pastor can't do it for you. The deacons can't do it for you. Your husband, your wife. You know, the Israelites are like children that grew up in the message but never accepted it. They got all the blessings. The parents are blessed. Year in, year out. They've got it good. But that child never had an experience. That child never took God as his personal savior. So where does it end? I mean, your mother and your father can't take you into the promised land. I mean, here, Joshua and Caleb was in a generation where they should have died. But they took God at his word. And they made it. So I want to encourage you this morning. Take God at his word. Brother Branham proved it. Even though the evidence was there that he's not well. He's suffering. But when asked, how is it? How are you? Wonderful, God healed me. He accepted his healing. He acted upon it the day he ate that cornbread and beans. And then he confessed it. So this morning, your faith, accept it. Act upon it. And confess it. Amen. I think there's so much promises that we miss. There's so many hurdles that we have to redo 
because we failed him the first time because we fail to accept our faith accept God at his word and that's why this morning when brother kune sang that song i surrender i surrender all do you really surrender all have you surrendered all what does it mean are you ready to surrender all then brother freddy comes and he says i believe jesus i mean if you surrender all and you would hold nothing and surely jesus must be on the scene surely jesus is yours then but saints go back home look yourself in the mirror before you make a new year's resolution before you consider those how honest are you about this where do you stand with god is it by the way i worked with a guy once no um the bible says you must give 10% of everything so i read my bible for 24 minutes a day really what do you expect If God blesses you 10%, that is not fair. That is not just. And God is wrong. What you put in, you'll get out. And God wants all of you this morning. He doesn't want half-hearted, half-hazard. He wants all of us. So this morning, you sang the song, Go home. practice it go home ask yourself it's not an easy journey but we are there we are right there ready to go into the promised land so take god at his word this morning that's all you need to do take it your faith needs action act upon your faith amen amen um pastor can I hand over to you again Bless you. A round of applause. I surrender all. I surrender all.
all to thee, my blessed Savior. I surrender all. How many surrender all this morning? Amen. I think it is the best New Year's resolution to surrender your all and withhold nothing. Maybe the same song, Kuni. Amen.
by the way or the way is God to you by the way or the way blessed are those that say it is he is the way just to firm up what he said brother Branham in the message total deliverance he said if our hearts condemn us we want complete deliverance. We don't want to be a halfway church. We want to be a real church or no church at all. We want to be real Christians or no Christians at all. We want total deliverance from our habits, from our sins, from our evil thinking, from our evil doing, from our negligency. Whatever we have done, we want a total deliverance. So that when people come into this church to be prayed for, there will just be just this little group sitting here, but they will be completely in the hands of God. And when we pray, then God will hear from heaven. God wants somebody that he can hold in his hands, somebody that he can say, I've got confidence in. I can send this, my sixth servant, to the Brenham Tabernacle, this case, Lighthouse Tabernacle in Whitbank, that a group of people are in one accord. Something will happen. That's our desire. How many is it their desire? Just to take God at his weight. As Brother Brenham, they asked him and say, how are you? A lot of people, when you ask them, how are you? Then you hear a shopping list of complaints. But here is a man sick, he says, I'm fine. Have you got the ability, while you're going through a storm, and people say, how are you? And you disregard the storm and say, I'm fine. You know, when you say, the more you confess, you bring your body under the subjection of your own confession. That's why faith without action is dead. Sometimes you've got to act on it. And taking and acting on it, sometimes it looks like a risky behavior, a crazy idea, because if somebody was to stop you and say, what are you doing? You'll not be able to explain yourself. Because it, faith, it doesn't make sense. Faith operates beyond a realm of common sense. Even people will stop you and say, use common sense. But you tell them that now this does not require common sense. It requires the super sense, which is faith. Can we approach 2021? I don't know you, whether how many of you have got boldness to make resolutions. After 2020, we don't make them anymore. It has shown us flames. 
Amen. All we say, let that will be done. <laughs> Hallelujah. What is going to happen? Let his will be done. We had very glittering uh, resolutions, but by on the 15th of March, the president took a stage and really locked down the whole country. The whole world was locked down. So 2020, we don't know what it will, what it will present. Already they have spotted an unknown disease on the border of China and India. So, uh, <laughs> oh yes, have you read about it, Bram Shavi? New one on the border of China and India. The Chinese are, are saying it's an Indian virus. The Indians are saying it's a Chinese virus. Uh, so viruses are breeding. But there is one thing that I know. He has brought us until this far. And he will take us further unharmed. I say unharmed. Unharmed in the name of Jesus Christ. And we've got the boldness. Well, the world, even Bushiri said it's going to be a great year. Then he ran away. 2020 was a humbling year. But in the midst of skepticism, in the midst of doubt, in the midst of unbelief, in the midst of negativity, we say 2020 is going to be a great year. Why? It is taking us a year closer to the rapture. Hallelujah. Are you still here? Let's just worship God. Amen. Maybe give us a worshiping song as we wrap up in prayer. God bless you, brother. What a round of applause for him. God bless you, Rachel.
confusing the church. Let's stick to the lyrics. Amen. Shall we start? Yes. I'm praising all the upward way
are standing on holy ground. Heavenly Father, we appreciate you this afternoon. We appreciate you for your grace and mercy. We appreciate you for your ministering to us this morning. And dear God, to encourage us to take you at your own weight, especially, dear God, in the times where we are living in, where everything seems to be uncertain. But in the midst of uncertainty, there is a God that is certain. 
in the midst of uncertainty, there is a faith that can hold on, dear God. And that is why, dear God, we want to appreciate you to be encouraged of your weight. We want to be very much appreciative to be directed by your weight. We want to be appreciated to be protected by you, Heavenly Father. And Lord, we just want to thank you for such a wonderful spirit that has been here today, dear God. And Heavenly Father, we have heard that the greatest thing that we can do is to surrender ourselves. And as your prophet messenger says, we don't want to be halfway church. We don't want to be halfway believers. We want, dear God, to be a complete church. We want to be complete believers, dear God. We want the devil to look at us and have nothing to point, dear God, because we will be fully surrendered to you, dear God. We will be fully surrendered to your will, dear God. Our desires, our habits, our thing, thoughts will not matter much, dear God, because your weight will take a central point in our lives, dear God. We pray for the believers that are here and even those that are traveling with dear God. We pray for the traveling mercy. May you be with them. May you go with them. May you move obstacles on their ways. May you make them arrive at their desired destination because, Lord, we depend on your traveling mercy. And even this afternoon, those that may be here that are sick and afflicted, may you minister healing upon their lives, dear God. If there are those that are here looking for jobs, may you give them jobs, Heavenly Father. Whatever it is needed in the building, may you grant it in the name of Jesus Christ. May they be, dear God, a visible manifestation of the living God in our lives, that, dear God, even Satan will not be able to shake us in any way, even the skeptics, dear God, will come to the point where they bow and say, indeed, you serve a living God. And dear God, we want to thank you that right in the midst of this pandemic, you have preserved us, dear God. It is not because of our intellect. It is not because of how cautious we are. But Heavenly Father, it is because of your grace. There are men and women, dear God, that go to the places of work, interact with colleagues, dear God, that they don't know where they've been. But dear God, because these believers are hidden under the blood of Jesus Christ, we know you will protect them, dear God. You'll protect them from the visible enemy. You'll protect them from the invisible enemy as well. You are the God that sees everything. You are the God that can identify and expose Satan before he does everything. And if he's got plans, dear God, against their lives, I bought those plans in the name of Jesus Christ. And Lord, whatever they desire, may you make it a reality, dear God. Whatever they wish for, dear God, may you make it a reality because you are an answering God. We are not worshipping a stature. We are not worshipping a dead wood. We are worshipping a living God. We are worshipping a God that cares. We are listening. We are worshipping a God that hears our prayers. We are listening. We are worshipping to a God that is there that can speak to us, dear God. Even immediately after the service, 
Satan is not happy. He's got so many things, but Satan, I bind you in the name of Jesus Christ. I bind you, you and your demons. And Lord, I derail all the plans of the enemy against the church of the living God. And dear God, as they will be living to, from this place, may the pillar of fire go before them. That dear God, it will open the way. We know, dear God, you can see what we cannot see. But what you can see, you can prevent it from happening, dear God. That is why we appreciate you for the hedge that you have put around us. A lot of times people look at us, they think we are lucky, but we don't consider ourselves lucky. We consider ourselves blessed because we serve a living God. You were with the Israelites, now you are with the church, dear God. May you be there for us. May you be there for our young ones, our children, dear God. They are living during a dark age, during a time when temptations are higher, during a time when Satan is vicious, during a time, dear God, where he knows this time is up. But dear God, we apply the token in the name of Jesus Christ. We claim them, dear God, in the name of Jesus Christ. We claim them against their wishes. wishes. We claim them against their desires. We claim them against their habits in the name of Jesus Christ. You saved us, you will save our children as well. We pray for our marriages. Satan has gone on the rampage. He wants to destroy the family unit. But in the name of Jesus Christ, I bind Satan. And I say at the places of your children, may they be loved, dear God. May they be peace, dear God. May they be patience. May they be long-suffering. May they be able to bear with one another. May they treat one another as the way the royal family should treat one another. Satan, you are a liar. Satan, you are a bluff. Satan, you were defeated 2,000 years ago when Jesus hung on the cross and he said, it is finished. He included every battle. He included every sickness. He included every challenge. And that is why today we are not fighting you, but we are enforcing the victory that God gained over you on Calvary in the name of Jesus Christ. We want to thank you for everything. We want to thank you, dear God, for all things that you have done for us. You are a living God. You made a promise. I will be with them and I will be in them until the end time. And here we are in the end time. You are still with us. You are still in us. You prevent accidents from happening. Your children have got so many thanksgivings, dear God, of things that Satan wanted to do, but he failed it dismally because, dear God, the angel of the covenant is with us wherever we go. We want to thank you, dear God, as we commit our brother that you have used. Dear God, we bless him and his family. We bless his plans, dear God. Whatever he desires, dear God, may you make it a reality as we commit the service to you in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, we know during this time is the time when a demon of accidents is all over. But dear God, year in, year out, we're able to bind this demon. And even right now, we bind this demon in the name of Jesus Christ. 
you the cars of your children, dear God, wherever they would go, may the angel be the one that will drive this cars, dear God, until they reach a destination. We thank you for protecting us. We thank you for leading us. We thank you for providing for us everything that you have done for us. We say thank you, thank you, thank you, dear God, as we commit everything to you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Over to you. God bless you. Have a blessed week. Still, we see you next Sunday. Midweek services, we'll see them next year. And then we will advise as announced, we will have a service on the morning of Christmas. It will just be one service, and we'll have another service on that Sunday. And then from there, I think we will take a recess and see when we open in the new year. But I think we'll give an allocation for you to be quarantined a bit because you'll be moving up and down during that holiday. Amen. But we'll advise... As, as the time goes by. Amen. Pray for those that are traveling. Many are on the roads. They solicit your prayers. Sister Chetty is in Devon as well. She just kept my memory. So believers are traveling. Amen. Just remember them in prayer. God bless you richly. Over to you, Masuma. Esirari lebo kwa mambala Uyaira rulula imiraro Eh ai kwa mambala Uyaira rulula imiraro Oh ai kwa mambala Hallelujah. We are not on the same key, brother. Be flat. I kwamambala. We are rarulula imiraro. Esirari lego kwamambala. We are rarulula imiraro. Let's make justice to the song.
Let me see. They say I must change the song. Oh, 
Hallelujah. God bless you, church. 